Yo, what is up, everybody? Your boy, E-Man, from the Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast. Bringing you, the sound still on? Okay. There we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, said if you're good. You know, on my end, I'm getting backtracked. But anyway, E-Man from the Average Joe Sports Talk, alongside... Jim from Fan in the Van Podcast. And this is the official episode, inaugural debut of cigars and sports with jim and e-man what is up jim what's going on hey man same shit friday night baby we're about to light some bad boys up talk sports definitely keep it real uh there's gonna be some bashing here tonight man we're not gonna you know we don't pussyfoot around we're not uh that's not our thing uh and uh if you're gonna get offended i don't want to say turn off the dial but you know you might want to like you know Put some uh, parental uh, guidance or something in there, all right? Because uh, we don't we don't hold back, right, Jim? Fuck no, <laughs> never, ever, ever, never. Oh man, well, listen, I am, I am, me and Jim are not in the same state, so I am, a, I am, a, you know, I am a transplant New Yorker who lives in Florida. I am currently living in South Florida. Jim, tell them where you're speaking from, baby. From friggin' wonderful rainy Long Island, baby. Uh, it's a rainy day, man. It's a rainy day, but there's never such a thing as rain to stop a good smoke. Right, man? Right, my man? Never, ever, ever. There, there we go. So listen, so one one of the things, uh, let's because this is the first episode. This is kind of the concept behind this podcast, this collaboration between Jim and I. Uh, we want to go ahead and every every time we uh, we put out an episode, we want to tell you what cigars we're smoking today, a little bit of backgrounds of cigars. We're both big cigar guys. Uh, and then also, of course, hit any trending topics in sports that we can uh, in order to give you the best uh, entertainment possible. So, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much it, man. It's uh, cigars and sports. It just the title is very simple, right, Jim? Can't get much simpler than that. <laughs> it, it can't. It can't. Oh, man. Hey, football season is almost a few weeks away. So, uh, hey, for the regular season, you know, last, last uh, preseason uh, weekend, right? Uh, yeah, this is the last one, and I don't know what the Jets are thinking about starting Rodgers and company, but whatever. I'm not the know. coach. You know, I, yeah, Robert, it's, it's, Robert Sala is not the coach either. It's definitely Aaron Rodgers, okay? So, you know what I'm saying? The only thing to call him a shot there is Aaron fucking Rodgers. It's not, it's not Nathaniel Hackett. Let's keep it real. It's not, it's not Robert Sala, okay? He's, he, he's playing Tom Brady 2.0, all right, in his next uh, career. Uh, this is Tom Brady and the Bucks 2.0. Uh, on steroids, uh, you know, before we digress. <laughs> uh, hey, you want to you you tell us uh, what you're smoking today, man? What you got? What, what are you going to be writing up? So I decided, because I had to stop it, the only cigar lounge I really ever hang out at and go to, South Shore Cigar Club in Long Island and Brightwaters. Uh, got to show uh, my guys, Chris and Evan, two of the greatest owners you can ever deal with. Um, so... I wound up getting the big time Tommy from Asylum 13. Uh, it was the first cigar I ever smoked for the first time I ever went there. I actually went there for the big time Tommy cigar release. And from there, I smoked these. I, I smoke everything, but this was the one that I fell in love with. I'm not like a smaller type cigar smoker. I need something that's like robust. I need something that's, you know, bang for your buck. It's something that's going to last a while. So... I had to go with this one. First episode of Cigar and Smokes. Had to go back to the first cigar I had at South Shore Cigar Club. Ooh, that's nice, bro. Yeah, shout out to South Shore Cigar Clubs. I mean, Jim, uh, that's Jim's spot, bro. It's home away from home. I'm telling you that much, man. 
Hey, yep. tell your boys that, yo, let's see how far we get this, because I, I might take a road trip to New York, and we might, you know, do a little something, something out of the cigar shop over there, you know what I'm saying? A little broadcast, a little, yeah, get, get fucking crazy, bro. You know, I haven't been back to New York, and now it's like 2015, so hey, it might be, might be fine. You know what I'm hey, saying? You know, down with it. Yeah. Well, in my book, I am actually I'm going classic, right? As a as a Cuban born, and even though I, I came to this country when I was like six years old, uh, six eight, I don't remember now, man. I'm 45. Shit gets old. Um, I uh, I am bringing up a uh, the Partagas Maduro number three. So this is actually one of my favorite stogies, right? And believe it or not, I hope I don't get arrested, but these are legit from the island. Um, I do have fast still family there, and when my mom goes rarely that she's able to go i get i get a little care package you know so uh they don't come more often but man i had to debut with uh this bad boy right here is one of my one of my favorite smokes uh, actually so one of the first smokes ever so uh you know that's why so this is kind of like that's my, my this is my go-to man i see i'm a maduro kind of guy are you a big maduro guy or are you like you pretty much all around depends what your your taste is Jim. My palate is all over the place. You know, it's kind of like my personality. It's just, it, it's just all over the place. It's off the fucking wall. It's, <laughs> you know, I could smoke a Maduro. I could smoke a, uh, you know, a more of a light one. I could, you know, as long as it tastes good and it's a good smoke, I, you know, I'll smoke it. It's, you know, if it's like one of those crappy ones you get from like the card shop where it's been sitting yeah. in the humidor for like seven years. And it's got more mold on it than a waffle that you thought was blueberry, but it was really just mold. Yeah, I'm not smoking that shit. You can keep that away. And the reason why they sell cigars is so that, that we don't care if I get them in trouble, is because they're avoiding the cigar tax. That's absolutely ridiculous, by the way. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I, I think that is. I, I, New York is a little different than South Florida, I think, when it comes to the uh, the distribution of the cigars, man. I don't know. See, here you got different levels of cigar lounges, which is kind of cool. And I think I was mentioning it off air. You know, you actually got a cigar bar where they have a pool bar. You know what I'm saying? You go in, they got the humidors on the wall. You got the music playing. You got the pool tables and boom, you got a full bar, which is kind of dope. And they even some of these bars, most of them actually allow you to bring your own smoke as long as you're drinking. So that's kind of cool. And then you got the lounge where it's a little more like the business type where you, know, you go in there and you got the back room. You know what I'm saying? Where you got to make those deals that the law doesn't want to see. And you know you're drinking Johnny Blue with uh, you know something like this uh, that's illegal off the island and uh, that kind of shit. And then you got like the regular lounges, man. Where yo, I used to belong to one. It's funny. I used when I first moved down here and I got into the whole thing. I moved within walking distance, which is rare. There's no such thing as walking distance to places here in Florida, especially you know. But I lived in an area where you know I had like a little downtown area, and I remember I used to walk to. Uh, a cigar lounge where they, yo, they used to have like, I became like a member, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like you. And these people have domino nights, right? Sunday, games on Sunday, right? You couldn't, like, they didn't have a full bar, but they were allowed to sell beer and wine, right? So, yeah, it was crazy because I, I just like you, I created this this community with these cats, bro. And, you know, there were poker nights, there were freaking domino nights. We had, you know, during the, the season, man, a bunch of fritz, you know, and you would just light up, man, and smoke. And hang out, man. Which it was kind of it was a little cool experience in my life before I became an adult. You know, <laughs> yeah. There's there's nothing better than hanging out in a cigar lounge. You just shoot the shit with everybody. You know, talk sports or whatever it is. You know, I've actually made a lot of friends from going to different cigar lounges before. You know, South Shore even opened up. Uh, mm -hmm. I used to, go to village headquarters. That was that that was by me. I used to go to one in uh, down in Port Jeff, but it's like this little rinky dink bullshit operation it was it almost looked it was like a chop shop of a cigar yeah. lounge yeah you, you know it was like they had this nice members area and then for like 
if you wanted to just sit and hang out there like four like folding chairs yeah sit here like the fucking strunts that you are because they they wanted me to be a member i go to look at the paperwork i'm going like they wanted like three four hundred dollars a month i said for for what I don't need a locker. I'm not buying 855 freaking cigars in storm here. If I'm going to buy a shit ton of cigars, I'm going to bring them home. Yeah. I'm not going to keep them in a locker. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I actually uh, came across a shit. few of those, right? And, and the same shit. I was like, no, fuck that. Dude. First of all, I don't know. I ain't going to spend that kind of money. Uh, that's to be stupid, even if I had it. Uh, yeah, I would buy them. I have a humidor at home. I think I got, I mean, I don't have nothing crazy. I think my, my humidor is about. Uh, I think I get a couple of hundred cigars in there. I think I get either two to three hundred, I think. So, um, and I don't keep, I, I, right now, the most I keep in my humidor at the moment, and I've been lucky because I get these at a nice discount rate, you know, right off the boat. Uh, it's about maybe, you know, 75 the most I keep, you know. Back in the day when I didn't have this hookup, this plug, <laughs> I would actually yeah. keep 10 to 15 because I was spending a lot more money, you know what I mean? So, but I was always have, it's funny, I, you know, not everybody smokes cigars. So I would always have, right? The ones that when I invited people home, you know, these cats are going to, these guys smoke, so they're going to appreciate it. And then they had the shit that was like, fuck you, you don't smoke. Here, go take this one. Well, what can I get the one? No, 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 no. That one doesn't have a wrapper. Go ahead, take that, bro. The worst. Because <laughs> over oh, here. Oh, yeah. yeah about like the $10 house blends. Yeah. And, no, and let me tell you something. Here, bro, especially Little Havana, Little Havana is loaded with fucking cigar shops. And let me tell you something. If you ever come down here, bro, I will take it to Little Havana and give you the tour. Because you go in, bro, in the cigar shops, the guys are rolling it, putting it out there. It's a fucking treat. You know what I'm saying? And then you got spots where you can just buy them, hang out, and it's really, really cool. You get that real Miami vibe, right? And But yeah. these places also have their own, which non-wrapper. And, bro, I remember there were some of these were so good that I would buy, like, you know, a bundle, 25 of those. Yeah. And I'll be smoking these bad boys, and I'm like, yo, this is, like, better than this, you know, Arturo Fuente or this one right here. I'm like, yo, this is good shit because, you know, it's just like cigars are like wine, right? You don't have to yeah. buy an expensive one, right? You know, it's what you like. It's what your palate is, is good for. So, yeah. yeah, everybody's got a different palate when it comes to smoking cigars. I mean, like, um, they had an event a while back, Emondola Cigars. Okay. Actually, uh, so when they came to South Shore, they, they've been there twice already. I was there for the first one, but I missed the second one. And let me tell you, these guys make limited edition cigars. Mm-hmm. Like they, they did two St. Patty days, St. Uh, two St. Patty's Day ones. Sweet. One was an Irish car bomb, and one was like another version of it. Wow! And let me tell you, I was going in there. I was going in there every day. But Chris and Evan could tell you, I was in there every day buying two to four at a clip. By the time they were all out, I still had like a good thirteen in my house. Wow! And nice. it was St. Patty's Day on the deck. For friggin' months after St. Patty's Day, like, they just put out an amazing, they just put out an amazing cigar, and their hand rolls because they were doing it while we were there, and their hand rolls were were phenomenal as well. So for I, those who want to get into the cigar smoking game, I mean, hey, hit us up. We could tell you what to smoke, what not to smoke. But it, yeah. again, it's based on opinion and palate. So what I may like, you may not like, and what you may like, I may not like. So absolutely. Absolutely, my man. Go ahead and light your bad boy up, man. I got ahead of you a little quick because you know I was like, let me take advantage while he, while I got Jim on the hook over here. You know what I'm saying? Let me go ahead. And, uh, you and I, you and I, are very identical, bro. We're very, uh, we're very high spirited, and uh, we don't shit the fuck up. You know what I mean, bro? We, we both. Uh, I, I don't know if we got in trouble in school, but I was that kid. You know what I'm saying, dude? I used to get fucking mad. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I, I got a lot of trouble at school. I started the trouble. I also got thrown into the trouble. 
Same thing. Oh, there were just times I'd walk down the hallway. Like, a, a friend of mine I'd known for 30 plus years. His brother went to the same high school with us. Yeah. And once in a while, you know, I'd, I'd be bored walking down the hallway and I'd just fucking throw him a right hook straight to the face and then just fucking throw him down the stairs real quick, toss him a quick beating, go back to class like nothing happened. Yeah, I, I was see, I was the kind of guy that man. I, I was kind of an orchestrator, right? I was the guy. I was like, yo, I would fucking instigate shit and get people into fights, and then we're like, yo, where's where's fucking eat? Yo, he, he, <laughs> he, he's over here like these dumb bastards. Come on, man. You guys, you guys are listening to the shit that I'm saying, man. Come on, you gotta be even more dumber than fucking stick than a stick, man. But um, yeah, man. Um, yeah. Well, so what do you think? I actually, I tell you, this is one of my favorites, bro. Um, I'm, I'm not a lot of people are big maludos kind of kind of because you know they're a little stronger. Yeah, man. That's that's yeah. that's fucking that's that's a bad boy right there. You got you got going on, bro. Yeah. Uh huh. There's one that I found called the Lunatic, but they don't make it anymore. It. This, this that the huge. I had it, bro. Somebody gave it to me as a gift. Fuck. I'm, dr I'm driving one day. It's about. Uh, this was before the pandemic, so I was going to the gym a lot. Actually, no, it was after. Like, I was going, and then they shut the gyms down. And then after, I happened to stop at this lounge, and they had the lunatics there. So I'm like, you know what? I grabbed the biggest one, and I'm driving home. They got two of them. They're, they're both huge, and, but one bigger than the other one. They're fucking insane. Yeah. They got different sizes. And, and this, guy, this guy pulls up to me at the light, and he's just looking at me, and he's doing like a triple take. He's like, said, what the fuck is that? And he rolls down the window. He goes, what are you smoking? I'm like, this is the lunatic. He goes, you fucking got to be one to smoke that thing. And I was like, yeah, that thing took me four yeah. hours to smoke. It took me three for me. It took me three. I remember it's funny because, you know, you, you, I don't know if you're married or not, but I can't be doing this shit inside the house or that often when my wife's around. She can't stand to smoke it. But, you know, we, we kind of like both agreed that, listen, man, it's not going to go away. I'll do it less. And I'll, when you guys, when you when they're not around, when they go, you know, a lot of the times in the summertime they go see my in-laws, but they're two hours away, so I get a lot of yeah. time. And I remember that it was a Saturday, man. I had, I was like, "What's not here? Let me fucking hit this thing." And I was thinking about it because I had it like a week before it was in my humidor, and I'm like, "I gotta hit this shit." I didn't know how, I didn't know how it was gonna taste, but it took me three hours, three hours, dude, and a fucking half a bottle of Johnny Black. Later, you know what I mean, bro? Mm -hmm. Dipping it, and and I'm like. Because I remember back in the day when I used to live in my in my condo up in my in Miami Lakes, dude. I used to like at least three or four times a week. Yeah, we'll go to my balcony. This is like, yo, we're going like you know early two thousand, like you know two thousand and eight, nine, and you know there's no iPods or anything. So I would open up my fucking laptop, right? Just watch shit about sports, have the music blasting, bottle of scotch, and I would go through like two cigars, man. You know, I didn't want to go out there. It was just fucking one of the most most like you know i guess heavenly things in the world because you're just out there man yep. we'll walk by in the parking lot looking at me me blazing and i'm like and everybody was smoking weed i'm smoking cigars you know what i mean i'm like i do that that's not my thing <laughs> right here so it's like you know this like, thing i just break that i'm like oh, I'm, rolling this shit. Oh, I'm sorry the stupidest thing the stupidest thing i ever hear is people ask if um if you could roll weed with hand rolled cigars I go, dude, these ain't fucking Dutch masters. They're not oh, game cigars. I said, you want that shit? Go to the gas station, buy the five pack for like twenty dollars at freaking Seven Eleven, and use that. I said, you're not, you, you can't use this. No, it'd be such a waste. You could try, you could try it, but it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna pan out for you. No, it's not. No, it's absolutely not, man. Absolutely not, man. Nice, nice. So tell them again the name of your cigar before we move on. To uh, the Big time, Tommy. It comes in two. It comes in a six by sixty, and it comes in a seven by seventy. And they are now. You can go on his website, bigtimetommy.com. You could order it through there. Um, he actually spends time in Florida, 
like during the winter, I think by like Delray Beach. So he's always, I think, okay. he goes to the the smoking in. Okay. So if anybody in the Florida area that's watching or watches later or listens later, if you're in the Florida area, you could definitely get them down there. Hey, if they're in New York, Long Island, baby, yo, South Shore, bro, your boys over there got them, got them on stack, bro. If they, you know, they want to go pull yep. up. They were the first ones to have them. Yeah, pull up, pull up, pull up. They, 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 if they're the first ones to have it, that means they know their game, bro. So you, you might want, you definitely want to pull up with those fellas over there and, uh, and get your, and get your shit straight. Well, they also had the connection because big time Tommy's from Bayshore and Brightwaters and Bayshore border each other. So it was a perfect fit. You know, it's like a match made in heaven. Nice, 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 man. Awesome, awesome. Hey, why don't we, uh, we got to keep smoking all night until we finish this episode, you know, and we're now, why don't we shoot the shit about sports? And, you know, we, of course, with us, right, you know, we always got to have something planned before we come on air. But if something pops, you know, something breaks in. Yo, we're gonna we gotta we gotta jump on it. Preparation, no preparation. That's how we roll, man. You know, if we were getting paid for this shit, you know, and we had producers giving them the right information, guess what? It'd be a different thing. But we we just jump on shit as it comes along, man. That's been the story of my life. I jumped on shit as it comes along. That's how I fucking lived my whole life. You know what I mean? I improvised. That was my nickname, improvisation Nick. No, I just made it. <laughs> anyway, That's uh, the hey, best way to do it sometimes. Yeah. So what do you what do you think of Trey Lands getting traded to the Dallas Cow Bitches, right? For a fourth round pick, my man. What do you what do you think of that shit, bro? I mean, I, I was like laughing my ass off, me being a Giants fan. You know what I mean? You, you can't make up the stupidity that is John Lynch. If you think about this, you traded three first round draft picks mm -hmm. to move up third, and you could have had anybody. And yep. you took Trey Lance. Okay. And he didn't pan out. The fact that you have more confidence in Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, right? Okay. So you have more confidence in him than you do Trey Lance. The fact that Dallas was willing to do this makes it even funnier because now you have a quarterback out there saying, I'm not going to throw more than 10 interceptions this year. Bitch, you're throwing at least 20. That's mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Two, now you got a guy who doesn't throw interceptions, but he can't throw it to his own guys either. So Dallas is fucked either which way. <laughs> I mean, who, I don't even know who the backup is. I mean, uh, it's Cooper Cooper Rush, right? He's still there? I think he's the backup, right? Uh, yeah, Cooper Rush is still there. Rush, and he's the one who went in for for um, for Dak last year when he, you know, before, when he was hurt. And, you know, they stayed 500. It was very manageable, run-heavy kind of offense. He was not doing anything out of the fucking comfort zone, you know, pump and dump yep. and, you know, and whatever the hell it was. So, you know, they were, they were okay. So, I don't get this trade doesn't get it now. Uh, granted, it's very cheap because as I'm reading yep. here, the Niners are on the hook, right, for the 5.3 million salary in 2024 as well. So, and I think they're they're mostly. Let me see here. The Niners will incur the dead money hit of eight. Oh yeah, so the Niners are gonna have to pay dead money, even though Lance is not there anymore, of uh, a little over eight million. And then, of course, uh, this year and they all rolled together from this year and next year. So, shit. Not only you moved down and you gave up, like you said earlier, picks that got Miami, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> to not only pay this guy a shitload of money and to let him be on your team for a fourth-round pick. That's uh, – oh it, it, It's literally like the Oakland athletic way of doing things in football. With, with uh, you, you just – you can't make this shit up sometimes. I, I don't grasp. I don't grasp how because they did this trade an hour or two before their game's supposed to start. 
Yeah. John Lynch came out and he's like, I'm not going to, you know, well, we're not going to trade him. Uh, you know, we're going to see what happens, you know, because now you can keep three, you can keep three quarterbacks now, you know, as far, on your roster, which I think is a smart move. So then we don't have to see a running back who can't throw go out there. You know, it's like watching a left fielder in baseball go out and pitch in the eighth mm -hmm. inning. Absolutely. So they should have did that because now who's the Niners third quarterback? You know, that's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't have time to look it up, but uh, that's a really good question. I mean, and, you know, and I think also, let me, I'll probably go while I'm talking. I'm going to see if I can put the damn roster here. But obviously, what, what the other thing that I'm looking at is, is why why this year, right? They, they should have, like, they probably would have gotten a third pick, a third round pick last year, right? Yeah. If they would have pulled the trigger because his value was not high. It was in the toilet because that's what. Brock Purdy did. As soon as Brock Purdy went in there and started winning games, you knew it was over, man. It was over for Trey Lance. And they probably could have got like a third-round pick for him last year, which is a lot better than a fourth-round pick. Granted, um, the, um, the, uh, the 49ers do a good job in drafting when it comes to position players, right? You know, they get really good running backs in the fifth and fourth round, you know, wide receivers like Debo and, and, and Brandon Ayuk and, and, you know, and Elijah Mitchell and, you know, all those guys that used to play Jeff. You know, they, they do a great job in drafting um, in drafting uh, players late like that. So that's why, you know, it's like, shit, let's get at least a fourth round and do that. But, uh, <laughs> shit, man, I, honestly, man, I have no no clue. I don't I don't think there's even a depth chart yet for uh, the 49ers at quarterback. I, I, probably Trey Lance is still there. That's how new this is. I'm actually pulling it up as we speak. Let me see here. Let's go look at quarterback. I got the 49ers. Oh, my gosh. You have – okay, so – Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen is your third-string quarterback right now. They just updated it. Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, and Brandon Allen. Wow, what a triple-headed monster. That really fucking scares me week one now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> look, uh, let's see and, uh, and let's see how Purdy can, can do his thing, right? Because he, he played well. I mean, that's an offense that is very conservative, right? You're not going to take a lot of risk. They have so many good weapons, no. right? McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and running back. You know what I mean? Debo, Yak Monster. You know, rather than Ayuk is crazy. I mean, Kittle is on the downhill now, but they they're they're built to to win now. That defense is insane. So you don't need nobody to like. You don't need Aaron Rodgers back there. You don't need you know Justin Herbert. You don't need Joe Burrows, right? You don't have that kind of uh, makeup. So they'll win. They'll win close games, and and they don't want you to turn the ball over. So that's why pretty so successful now. Let's see what happens a year after they sold nine games off of him of this nine games or seven games of film, right? If that is the case, but they love them and they love Purdy in San Francisco. That's why Trey Lance is the fuck out of there. Yeah. Well, not only that, you have to see how healthy Purdy's going to be because after having pretty much Tommy John surgery, you know, is he going to be healthy by week one? I mean, and in training camp, when I'm reading, he ain't looking so good right now. It's no. interception, intercept. But then again, you know, it's training camp, you know, coming off an injury. So yeah, he's working the rust off. Yeah. And I get that. Um, but is he going to replicate what he did last year? Are you going to get that lightning in the bottle again where it's, you know, big game Brock and, mm -hmm. you know, it, you know, two-minute drill. Is he going to drive down the field and, and you know, and, and break some team's heart? Because it ain't going to be the Steelers, not the way they're looking in preseason. Yeah. All right, we're going to hit the Steelers pretty soon here, man, because they're, they're really looking good. Uh, and then just to, like, close this one out here, um, and in regards to the Dallas side, I don't know what the fuck are they doing with this trade. I don't know if they think that Trey Lance is going to go in there and be the uh, – if they're going to use him in the sense of like they use – what's his name from um, from the Saints? Uh, you know, their, their tight end. Oh, 
Yeah, so, Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill. They're going to be using a lot of wildcat formation and the goal line formation and that kind of bullshit. Honestly, dude, I have no effing clue. This doesn't make any sense. I am happy because Dallas has a shitty player, and the more shitty players I have, the more happy I would be. I am as a Giants fan, so, you know, fuck the cowgirls, and uh, good luck. That's, you know, that's my, that's my take on that, on that trade in a nutshell. I should have said that at the beginning and we would have been done with this shit already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I don't see what Dallas is doing. I mean, financially, it makes sense because they ain't got to pay him. That's it. So right. Jerry, Jerry Jones and company pretty much fleeced. Yeah. You, 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 you said you fleeced the Niners. It's like, hey, we'll take your garbage, but you're paying for it. Hey, last time I checked, I don't think McCarthy is a fucking quarterback whisperer. I mean, it's shit. You know what I mean? He's, he's been successful because he had like one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the fucking game playing for him. That's all. You know, I don't I don't think he's a guy that makes quarterback. I don't think he's Andy Reid, right? I don't think he's like, you know, no, he's stuff here, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, this doesn't make any sense to me. But you know, good riddance. Uh, good luck to Trey Lance and uh, uh, fuck him in the ear. Uh, moving on uh, here to uh, let's get me. Let me get some tabs out of here. All right, man. Listen, why don't we jump on? So we, so the, we said the season is about two weeks away. Last, you know, last weekend of uh, preseason here, and you know, we got to see some stuff. I think most of our teams are going to be making pretty cut clears. I mean, pretty clear cuts this weekend after this weekend uh, after their games. Because I think you can only make them now in the last week. Before, remember, I think you were like, you could make cuts every yeah. week. You change that shit right now. So that's going to be a lot of people being free agents and, and drop. Let's talk about some, uh, we know who our stars are in each team, Giants and Steelers. Why don't we talk about some potentials, uh, you know, sleepers, unsung heroes, right? That They make the team, I think they're going to actually be a big surprise and will have, and will be contributors, right? I think there's, these guys are going to have some good playing time that's going to, Come out of nowhere. Well, uh, why don't we start with you, Ben? Who do you, who do you have? Give me some players. Well, the first one he's already making the team anyway. Um, but it's his it's his second year. Obviously, it's Cam Hayward's little brother, Connor Hayward. Okay. Uh, if anybody's seen him play in college, he can kind of he could play tight end. He could play fullback. Last mm -hmm. night that used him running back, which I liked, but it scared me at the same time because mm -hmm. you never know when an injury is going to happen, mm -hmm. and the kid produces. I mean, he doesn't produce big numbers, but it's another offensive weapon for Kenny Pickett to utilize as long as Canada calls the right plays with him on the field. In essence, that's why they didn't bring Derek Watt back, because they knew they had this, this Swiss Army knife in Connor that you can use him as a tight end. So that way you can use Darnell Washington as like a sixth offensive lineman. You can use Connor as a running back. You can use him as a wide receiver. You can use him as a decoy. You can use him in any facet of the offense, mm -hmm. and he's going to do what needs to get done. It's just it, it, with me, Connor, his ability, the sky's the limit for him at this point. It's not just because his brother is Cam Hayward and, yeah. and all that. It's, you know, they're both different. Obviously, one plays defense, one plays offense. But at the end of the day, Connor Hayward is going to produce. They're not going to be the sexiest numbers. And would I take him in fantasy if I were to play this year? No, but, you know, if you need a late round tight end or a flex position, I would maybe draft him, but very, very late, maybe last round. But the kid's going to give you something. You know, he's going to give it his all on the field. He's one of the guys that I think Pittsburgh would be stupid to let him go after his rookie deal's done. 
Pretty much, he, he's a real football player. You know what I'm saying, dude? That's kind of what we're looking at with Connor Hayward, right? I mean, so far, what? He has six receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown so far in his brief uh, appearance here, which is, uh, you know, in preseason. So, hey, look, I mean, you guys, like, are loaded up, man, with, like, these type of freaking players, man. You know, uh, you, you guys did a good job in drafting this year. You definitely get kudos in picking pieces. I think you're putting the pieces together that is needed to be successful on the field. So, that's how yeah. I think right with that. I'm good with that. Who else? Who else do you got? I think it's going to be a surprise. I think, I think honestly, the surprise and it's the defensive steal of the draft to me is Nick Herbig. Okay. He's like a he's like a TJ Watt 2.0, and that's because him and TJ's taking him under his wing. You know, he's show he's showing Nick some of the moves that he does, and now he's incorporated it. And this kid is in every preseason game he's played in has done something to help the defense either a get off the field faster or has gotten to the quarterback when he shouldn't have, you know, creates a forced fumble, whatever it is, this kid can do it that, you know, in the event you want to give TJ a little bit longer of a breather, you could put this kid right in there. And it's like TJ is still on the field. In my opinion. Now other people are going to say different, but you know, maybe the Homer, maybe the Homer in me is, you know, thinking it and you know and I could think it because I'm a huge Steeler fan but Nick Herbig on defense he's another person where the, the you know the ceiling's high because how many people are really watching Wisconsin football not many what do you have not many so a lot of people didn't know who he was and a lot of reports are now coming out that you know teams are regretting passing up on him and letting him go to the Steelers but that's what all these other teams do that's how you find diamonds in the rough. Nobody knew who Alex Highsmith was, and the Steelers took a chance and look at him now. Absolutely, and you need you need that kind of guy right there. I mean, remember, it's all about how much protection, right? You could give um, yeah. quarterback, right? Because remember, last year you, you, your boy got dinged up. You know, he was he had a lot of concussions. Nobody talks so much about his concussions like Tua did, but he he dude he got hit. I mean, because yeah. yo he's he, you know he's one of those guys that he's got a, he, he's a tough player. You pick it pick it as a tough player. So. Nice, nice, man. Um, you got anybody else? Or these kind of like your two biggest ones. See, pop as many as you think you have, man. Honestly, I think another guy, I think he's underrated. And this is kind of where I don't like the drama that it created in the running back room with Najee and Jalen Warren. What people have to understand is, and you can, and you'll probably understand this because when yeah. you guys had three headed monster and Jacobs, Bradshaw, and I, why am I? Why is the other guy? His name escaping me right now. I'm at Bradshaw. I brought Bradshaw, Jacobs, and uh, we had that. It was Tiki around? Not not during the championship years, but uh, right now. I forget who the third guy was, but you have that two-headed monster with Najee and Jalen Warren. I like Jalen. Where where Jalen Warren could bounce to the outside, similar to Najee, but Jalen could also run it straight up the middle, mm -hmm. and you can use him. You know, in third down situations like third and one, you're going to use him because Najee's already going to wear down the defensive line. So Absolutely. I think where people are thinking, well, who's going to be running back number one? Well, obviously Najee's going to be mm -hmm. the starting running back. And Jalen's going to come in and Jalen's going to, like, if Zeke were to actually have done his job in Dallas, where Tony Pollard got all the garbage yardage, but wound up getting starter yardage because Ezekiel Elliott was just fucking pure trash. You know, but at the end of the day, 
there should be no drama in the running back room because you have something a lot of teams now wish they had. You have two running backs that can ram it right down the defense's throat. And that's the new NFL. All right. Yeah. The new NFL is load up on running backs. You could yeah. have four cores like Najee, you know, that type of generational talent, but load up on running backs. Look what happened to the Giants when, when uh, Saquon went down. We had nothing. All right. Yeah. For those years. Let me tell you, that's what Atlanta is doing. They drafted Bijan Robinson, but, you know, they were run heavy last year without him. You know, Tyler Argier, Coldell Patterson. I forget who the other running back was. I mean, they were just running the shit out of the ball, right? So that's the thing. You know, you got to go to Washington. Brian Robinson, who's not, you know, I don't think he's that great. But again, you got the whole bulky pound on yeah. the middle. Then you have, you know, uh, Gibson, who can is a great pass, catching back, also runs. So that's the NFL nowadays, man. This whole thing of having one big workhorse, it's over. It is you don't over. Need and that is that is you gotta have both, you know. You have rare talents like Saquon and Bijan and Bijan Robinson and and McCaffrey. Well, you know what I'm saying. Well, these guys can do it all. But if you notice, with San Francisco, McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, when they both played together briefly last year, uh, carries were practically even. Yeah, McCaffrey yeah. has better numbers, right? Because he's the more skilled player. But it's gonna be the thing, man. You're not gonna wear and tear these guys that quick because their their shelf life is so short. So. I love Jalen Warren. He's one of my favorite players, not just because of fantasy, but also there because he the dude, the dude is skillful, man. He he has he yeah, has he's a legitimate threat. Yeah, I, I love him. I love him, man. I love him. Great, man. Great. See here, man. All right. So if you don't have anybody else, I'll jump on the Giants, man. You let me know. I'm, uh, nah, I, I, that's not all I got for now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, you could probably have a shit ton more that have specific, you know and stuff like that but we'll be here all night long if we go to that for me in my case as, as a giants fan you know it's it's i'm gonna hit where where we probably struggle the most in the last few years uh my number one sleeper here is definitely tackled uh evan neal right uh he has a year under his belt uh he has a great opportunity to to you know take the giants to the next level uh i think a good sophomore season is going to get the giants back to the hopefully the playoffs right again more protection for dimes uh, which last year he took care of the football. There's a lot more expected of him after getting paid. So they are expecting him to throw the ball more, go down the field more. So therefore, he's going to need more time to to get rid of the football. Uh, that was a little bit of a problem last year. Um, staying with the offense, I, I, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, man, in just eight games last year, had five stars, you know, had a total and, and five stars. He had, you know, 33 receptions, 351 yards. Four touchdowns, and again, granted, a very poor man's passing offense with the Giants, right? Um, yeah. In the postseason, that's where I think everybody kind of said, "Shit, I think this guy has, you know, he he he, he contribute because his uh, NFC wild card against the the Minnesota uh, Vikings, he lit it up, man. You know, 105 yeah. yards and a touchdown, and and you know, he took a the, the good thing is it wasn't a great secondary from. Uh, from the uh, the Vikings, but come on, this guy I, he he proved to be very valuable. And I think he's going to be a big part of that offense, even with Waller in there. So, uh, I know, yeah, I know the guy that didn't play much because he was, you know, he, he played like six games and then injuries prevented him, which was one of our draft picks last year. That's the reason why we got rid of, uh, you know, uh, fucking soft uh, Kadarius Tony uh, basket case over there. Uh, it was uh, Wando Robinson. I'm really looking forward to see what he could do because he only had like you know 23 catches because he had a very limited amount of time. Six games. I mean, he was injured most of the time. We know what he could do. Um, and, you know, 
adding Darren Waller and Paris Campbell and drafting uh, Jalen Hyatt, who's another guy that I think is going to have a sneaky rookie season. I think there's going to be enough passing because the Giants offense with Daniel Jones is not going to be anything risky. You know what I mean? Waller is going to be your wide receiver one, even though he's a tight end. If he's healthy, I mean, just look at the other day. They have to, like, bench uh, Waller so Daniel Jones stopped throwing him because he loves that guy. You know what he could do when he's healthy, right? So, uh, hmm. So I, I think uh, those are my sneaky players that I think are going to end up having. I think Hodges, I, these guys, look, and we're not looking. I'm not saying they're going to break a 1,000 yards receiving, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns. But look, you get over 500 yards receiving from each of, each of these three individuals. Dude, that's great. Alongside Waller and then, you know, Saquon doing his thing. That, that's going to be a pretty balanced offense. And that's what the Giants are going to do. Brian Dable is savvy. There's a reason why the Giants pursued him, and thank God we didn't go with Flores, um, because that, that's what he does. A quarterback like Daniel Jones, who have accuracy issues, right? You know, Josh Allen in, in Buffalo, but in are pretty mobile and and big guys. Because you know, I mean, he's not Danny is not Josh Allen, but if you look at the you know, the type, he's a tall guy, can move in the pocket. You know, he rushed for several hundred yards last year and seven touchdowns. So I think that's uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of play action. Passes create plays and yards, and you just want Danny not to fumble it, which was the biggest problem through the first three season. And don't don't turn it over. And I think these guys will fit that that same scheme, bro. All they did this year, they're gonna run the same shit. It just added more weapons to be able to get rid of the ball. It's gonna be one of those things. Pick, you know, progression real quick. Throw it. You know, there ain't gonna be a lot of shit. And then every once in a while, when when you know something breaks down, I think Jalen Hyatt is gonna go deep, and that's why they drop it for for separation. So. Yeah. Well, the main thing is now that you have all these. These offensive weapons, you know, wide receiver, you have Waller. You don't need one guy to be the focus of it for a thousand yards. You can get away with all of them having anywhere between five to seven hundred yards. Absolutely. And and as long as Daniel Jones replicates last year, where yeah, he had a better year than he did in years past mm-hmm. because Andrew Thomas has improved. And I remember Andrew Thomas at one point couldn't block wet sand. And Evan Neal kind of had that same thing last year. So does Evan Neal take that Andrew Thomas step to where, you know, he was eh, in his first year. And now it's like, where the fuck was this guy last year? That's where we're And hoping. then he won Andrew Thomas money. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right, bro. <laughs> and our defense is going to be better uh, overall. So uh, I, you know, that's uh, that's why I didn't touch defense. But that's pretty much, man, what we are, uh, what we're thinking. We're probably gonna end up uh, going over. So, but um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to the season. Look, I, in your in regards to your squad, man, uh, I know it's preseason, but fucking picket to pickens has been more than advertised. Uh, oh, I'm loving it. Pickens is nasty, dude. I've I've always liked Pickens. Pickens is nasty. I want to see what happens in year two with these guys. You could tell these dudes hung out in the offseason. Maybe there was no fucking Twitter videos out there of like oh they're like Russell Wilson did when he first got down to fucking Denver with Cortland Sutton and Jared Judy. Oh, look at this shit. You know, he's not guiding anybody, you know. But I think these guys did some sessions in the offseason because they look fucking connected, bro. They look jailed up as shit. So Well, that's because I think they got they got rid of a lot of the toxicity in the room. You got rid of, you know, you brought in guys, you, you know, they're gelling. You know, the Steelers for the past few years have been like that toxic X where like you keep going back and they always promise like, don't worry, baby, you know, I'll be better. And then three months later, it's the same bullshit. 
this year, I don't like because I interact with a lot of Steeler fans, and they it, it's the same pulse. It's yeah, it's preseason, but there's a different feel to this team that one you haven't felt in quite some time. And it's hilarious because you got all the Steeler haters and all the Browns fans coming out. Well, you know, it's just preseason. Okay. But you watch the Washington Commander Raven game, right? And the Ravens win streak, like all the Ravens fans, at least I'm not bashing them because I actually can tolerate the Ravens over the Browns any day of the week, twice on Sunday. They're, they're more comfortable for sure. Yeah. So, you know, the minute the Ravens lost, everybody's like, well, you know, it's just preseason. You know, it's not a big deal. But the Steelers now are showing this sign of new life. And it's like everybody's got to come out of the woodwork and just shit all over it. And it's like, just let us have a fucking moment because we've been mediocre for like three, four years. And that's even with a Hall of Famer with Bennett quarterback. But all the drama surrounding everything for the past yeah. almost decade with Brown, Bell, you oh, know, yeah. contract you know i gotta be the guy and all that's gone it's not that i gotta be the guy anymore it's where a team and tomlin doesn't have to deal with divas anymore you know you got clay the fuck out of here thank god posing posing for a first down pass with 30 seconds left where you could have beat minnesota and you ran 15 seconds off the clock because you thought you were freaking randy orton and wwe posing on the turnbuckle asshole yeah fucking claypool is done too he He's got to be nowhere to be found in that uh, Chicago offense. You know, no. uh, it's going to be B.J. Moore. It's going to be Darnell Mooney. It's going to be Cole Komet. He is like fourth or yeah. fifth. Off. You know, they got other guys, also younger receivers that they got to do. You know, they got Khalil Herbert who could also catch it. So, yeah, Claypool's so fucking done, man. That was like that was like a one and done, man. You know what I'm saying, dude? That that, that just out of yeah. nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So it's but yeah, pick picking and pickets, uh, picking and picking is gonna be special, man. Uh, you guys, you guys got really good weapons. Uh, Deontay Johnson is the workhorse. He's gonna get. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, he's gonna be one of the league leaders in targets, probably top five, top seven, because uh, that dude just gets open. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The, the dude just gets open. So well, it's not like you could focus. Like if you're a defense, you can't focus on just double teaming one because then you leave the other ones wide open. You know, in single coverage and. You know, if you're going to double Deontay, George Pickens is going to take your smallest cornerback and just fucking launch him into the mezzanine section of the stadium because Pickens has got that fucking dog in him. He yeah. will fucking throw you off the line. <laughs> he don't he don't play the games. And Pickens is the guy that, you know, what New York is missing, right? Pickens is that guy that you're going to throw it to the corner of the pylon in the end zone, go up 50-50 and make that yeah. catch, come down with it fucking both feet in. That's huge, right? You only have a few guys in the NFL that can do that. DK Metcalf, right? You know, um, and you know, what's your name? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins when he was in his prime, right? All these guys, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, Jefferson, Devontae Adams, you know, these are the fucking alphas, right? Pickens have that potential, just like Olave. You know what I'm saying? Those, that Those are the guys. These are the new generation coming in. And yeah. and I think it's just it's just a matter of getting the offense together and the quarterback that, you know, you it, it's going to be a big year for both everybody in your team. I think it's going to be fucking, it's going to be a good and, year to watch. And Pickett's actually got two of them that you could throw the 50-50 up to in the corner. Cause yeah. you got Darnell Washington. That guy's like eight feet tall and who's covering him? Bro, he may not be fast, but he fucking, when he catches it, he, the dude is going to be hard to stop. I mean, cause he's athletic. I mean, yeah. shit, man. And he's big, man. He, he's going to have some red zone. He's he got some red zone targets, man, because, Shit between the run game and like you said, your wide receivers, Darnell Washington. I mean, your 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 other uh, tight end, bro. It's it's gonna be some options. 
uh, in the red zone where you guys could definitely with Pickett can feast, right? And, and it's, I think Pickett is kind of the same thing as Daniel Jones, minimizing mistakes, right? Don't cough up yeah. a football because, you know, that's rookie things, right? You know, people forget that Peyton Manning fucking led the league in interceptions and Eli Manning too with the fourth, where they both came up in the league, right? Um, yeah. And because, you know, it is, it, it, it's, it's a faster game. Now, you know, it, it, you have to get used to it. Uh, and, and I think this year, he's, you could tell, you could tell he's more confident. You know, I, and I know people say, oh, it's only preseason. You're playing against a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, but, dude, you can see the progressions, man. You can see getting rid of the football. You can see him reads, right? Little things like that, that, you know, if you were in person right in front of the sidelines as a scout or a coach, you'd be able to notice even quicker because, you know, it's different than on TV. But you can tell. You can tell he he worked hard this offseason. So, and the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, there was something I read earlier today where he actually watched – all his incompletions and interception videos from last year, and he incorporated that into his training camp. So, nice. like he, so like he knows now. Like you know, if I'm in this situation, I can't just do this. I either got to just get rid of the ball, or you know, he's got to do like what Daniel Jones did last year. Like you know, what if the middle of the field's wide open? Fuck it, take off, run. Yeah, yeah. just he don't get your off. He's he, you know. He has sneaky uh, athleticism, speed, that kind of shit. You know what I mean? But if it's got to be open, he could get you the 10 yards. He's also got the greatest fake slide in college football history, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Fuck it, bro. Hey, man, at least he didn't, <laughs> he didn't, you know, he didn't do martial arts this offseason. Don't learn how to fall, right? Fucking do what they do. Right? <laughs> I don't know how much fucking jujitsu that shit's got to work, but, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't, hey, these fucking people, man, they come up with some new shit every fucking day. I, I, don't, I don't freaking get it, man. I don't get it. He but, must yeah. watching Cobra Kai. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Is he a, yeah, is he a Cobra Kai or uh, or is he Miyagi Do? What's the other one? What's the name of the other fucking dojo they came up with? I think uh, Eagles. I was watching it today at work because I have Netflix on my phone. So I was like, I haven't watched Cobra Kai in a while. And it, it, it's like wherever I left off in season five after they lose at the All Valley and oh. – Shit like that. He goes down to Mexico and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I bought this Mexican phone. It's got 300 minutes. So that's like a million American hours or something like that. Oh, God. Cobra Kai. What a great show. Uh, look, they. it's funny how they reinvented that shit, dude. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was it was a really good uh, kind of like bringing it back to life. So that's kind of cool. Because, you know, as a kid, that I watched all the Karate Kids movies. And it's funny because after you get older, you'll be like, the only one that seems to know that knows a little bit of martial arts, it's fucking... Um, you know, it's not Daniel LaRusso, right? It's it's what's his name? It's uh, Joey Lawrence. He's the one that could throw the better kick and the better punch. You know, fucking. So it's uh, you can tell. It's kind of nice Johnny getting his props and actually having the better fight scenes as well. So and and the funniest part is is that when they made the Karate Kid movies, they made us to believe that Daniel wasn't the bully. Yeah, bullshit. How the hell you come from New Jersey? And because me and Garrett discussed it last Saturday, how do you? How do you go to California and and the California kid is the one that is somehow the bully? All they do in California is surf, tan, and fucking do whatever else. And apparently in the 80s, karate. And even in the fucking 80s, bro, all right? They were probably doing holistic shit because that's what they do in California, the fucking tofu and shit. You know what I mean? Here comes a kid from Jersey who, you know, like Newark. I think he came from Newark, right? Was, was, he, yeah. was he from Newark? Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Was it? Yeah, I think it was Newark, right? Did they say Newark? And Newark is a fucking tough town, bro. You know what I mean? Shit, man. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to Newark, man, but it's uh, it's not a good place to live. You know, you gotta get you gotta get robbed or you know shot or some shit like that. So, and so. and the funniest part is is that 
and I was thinking about this the other day. How the hell did Mr. Miyagi not get arrested for fucking kicking the shit out of minors? Like, They're all under 18 at the time. I granted it's a movie, yes, but if you were to do that today... Oh, shit. Oh, they, they, uh, they'll give him five years per kid. He, he'll get the fucking death, uh, the death uh, punishment, bro. death sentence, man. I'm telling man. You, man. All right, man. Listen, before we move on, uh, let me play uh, a clip from my sponsors, Bet US. All right, where the game begins. Listen, check out everybody. The link in the in the in the bio, the link in the description. You will get 125 percent signing bonus if you use my link down below. 125 percent up to 2500. Football season is coming, man. Get that paper, bro. I am ready for not only I'm in a bunch of fucking leagues, and my wife is really pissed off because I spent way too much money. But then the betting is gonna happen. So every year it's just the same thing. But um, here you go. I've been to 56 straight home games. I've tailgated 61 times. I've been to 31 practices. I've collected 17 autographs. I've had 27 beers spilt on me. Make that 28. I've got one sports book. I've got one sports book. I've got one sports book. BetUS.com. Sign up at BetUS and get a massive 125% bonus. So, back in the news, Jim. There's Jonathan <laughs> Taylor back on the news again. Here we go again with uh, he requested a trade. Now he's been given granted the permission to seek his own trade. That's a new shit right now. You know, hey, you, now you're giving the player the right to go go find a team, all right, that you want to go to, and mm-hmm. or go ahead and negotiate with them, and we're gonna set the price for you. But you know, we're, we're cool like that. We're gonna. This is a new shit. I, I've never. Even, this is like a whole thing that started this last couple of years. Let the player find the right team, which is mainly the you know the agent, and we'll negotiate. But you know, we're giving you the opportunity. Go go check what's out there. All the leverage is with the Colts right now, anyway. You know what I mean? So, um, and I know that right now it's funny Miami, and we're not gonna go crazy with Miami because everybody Miami's always a favorite because Miami's so stacked right now. You know, they they just. They are so mortgaged to win now because the window is so short before they blow this whole shit up, right? Um, they already uh, the Colts, I think, declined already an offer for Miami, if I'm not mistaken, from Miami. And um, and look, there's all the teams that are probably gonna are probably gonna be jumping in into this whole uh, Jonathan Taylor deal. And to me, I don't think it's gonna happen. You know, I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, I think the, the, the Colts, I think, are looking for a lot. In uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, I think they won somewhere around the neighborhood of uh, you, you give me some first round picks. If you give me a first round pick or multiple second round picks, right, in order to uh, for this trade to happen. So they got to request a lot. And I don't know if that got, that's going to be possible. So in lieu of this shit, which finally we're going to put this to bed because I probably won't talk about Jonathan Taylor again getting traded probably after tonight. Uh, wait until the season starts. Um, just kind of sucks to put my all oh, my damn drafts this weekend, you know, on, on pause here. Where am I going to draft this guy or not? I mean, wherever he goes, he's going to play. What do you yeah. think? Give me, uh, give me a couple of things, a couple of teams from your end where you think Jonathan Taylor is going to and might possibly end up. I keep hearing Philly. Me too. If he goes to Philly, they, listen, they're already, they're already a stack team. Mm-hmm. If he goes to Philly, I'll tell you right now, it's it, it, it's it, it's a wrap. And 
Mm-hmm. I don't even. I think the, the NFC East will really just come down to the Eagles winning it, and then you guys get one of the wild cards out of it. Is what's what it would come down to. But it's like you know what's funny with the Eagles though is that everybody complains how they got all these guys, mm-hmm. like especially in the draft. It's like, well, you are the schmucks that traded with them. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you just draft the guy they were going to take? And if the hey, listen, if the Eagles get Taylor, listen. Then they get, you know, they get Taylor. Then another team should have jumped in and offered more then. You know, right? It's going to be a bidding war. And the Colts hold the advantage because they're going to ask for a King's ransom for a guy who, in essence, since he's been there, has been the whole offense because they could never protect Andrew Luck. Why the fuck do you think he freaking retired? Yeah. Jim Ursa just a clown of an owner. He comes out, he talks about how they're not afraid to pay guys, you know, into the second part of their career after their rookie deals are done. Mm-hmm. Apparently you are, but you want to spend personal money to save a fucking orca. What yeah. the fuck, Ad? He's really sad about that, bro. It, I think he was mourning when he made the decision. You know, he I think he wasn't in his right mind. Yeah. Fucking save the whales, baby. You know, save whales. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny because uh, one of my teams is also the Eagles, so I'm going to kind of dive in why I think that also is probably a great place because think about it. Even though the Eagles traded for DeAndre Swift, we know the potential of DeAndre Swift. Unfortunately, his availability has not been there, right? But, of course, he's yeah. such a great, great uh, player to have. Uh, Rashad Penny, they picked him up to another guy with great ceiling. Injuries have not made him, you know, what he's supposed to be. Kenneth Gainwell last year was one of the guys that was, you know, really exceeded right there alongside Miles um, Sanders, right? And you know that offensive line is crazy. We know – we know how they build it. You know, it's most of the low, the short yardage is going to go for Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, this guy had, I, I forgot, I'm after what, both rushing touchdowns and shit like that. But, dude, it's it, it's three and one, four and one. The one who's going to run it is not going to be any of those running backs. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. So yeah. I think he fits that because we know that at one point in the season, Swift is going to get hurt. So is Rashad Penny. So that's why I think it makes sense for them. They could mortgage a package together, but they're looking for exchange of assets in the form of draft picks. They don't want players, whatever, right? Because that team is going to be a shit show that year, this year anyway with the Colts. Uh, love Anthony Richardson, but he's going to struggle, all right? That team, offensively, we cover that in a lot of detail when we, when me, me, you, and Gary got together breaking down the division. So uh, yeah. it makes sense for them because I think the way they're made up, uh, uh, and it'll be. You know, it, 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 I mean, if he Jonathan Taylor goes to the Eagles, you're right. It's a wrap. And now the Eagles can afford to trade some draft capital because the past what two, three drafts that have passed, David Essence made the moves they made because they're not drafting just for now. They're drafting for the guys that are going to retire, and these guys just slide right in. So in essence, you already have their replacements. It's in it, these draft picks are while well, the guys that are there now, you in essence, it's like using a bridge quarterback, like what Mitch was yeah. to Kenny. It's the same thing in Philly. Mm-hmm. That's what Howie Roseman did. You know, he he drafted these guys because he knew these other guys, you know, they're they're past their prime, but they're still getting the job done. And at some point they're gonna have to retire, and you just need to slide that and slide a younger version of them right in. So they could afford to give up two, three, four first-round draft picks if that's what Ursa is looking for. The Eagles could do it. Yep. Yep. Miami, so. I think, Miami, I don't think, gives up as much because I think they know mm-hmm. they're going to have to save one of those draft picks. Because let's be honest, as decent as Tua is, 
with the weapons they have, to me, he's not the guy to get it done in Miami. He's a hit away, man. He's a hit away from not playing ever again. All right? Not just the concussion side of the game. That's just something new. Dude, yeah. I mean, look at the injuries he's had in Alabama. I mean, this guy's a hit away, back, shoulder, fucking hip, whatever, man. This guy is put together with Band-Aids right now with fucking spit and glue, dude. You know what I'm saying? He is a hit away. And, um, and yeah, you're right. You know, you, yeah, you got to bring Mike White in. Mike White's going to do the same shit he did with the Jets. Get you two or three games in there, and that's it, bro. It's He's not the guy. So, if, if Taylor goes to Miami, and the reason why Miami may not pull it off, because, like you said, they already kind of like gave up their their bread and butter, you know, their their assets, right? Their gold and and, and Tariq Hill when they traded for him, right? Trading down to Jalen Water, all that kind of shit. So they don't have any draft pick that that's gonna make that sense. I mean, and like I said, they're looking for either a number one or like two two number twos and a third round, whatever. They got they they it's not just one number one. It's gonna be multiple picks, including yeah. the number one. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Give who do you think? Give me one more. Hmm. I'm going to go with a dark horse that nobody would probably suspect. Okay. I would honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I would be shocked if this team were to do it. I'm okay. going to say Minnesota. Oh my gosh, man. You read my, that was my other team I had written down. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a dark horse, but bro, they, they got, they got the assets to pull that shit off. Yeah. They got the picks. And not only that, you have you have Jordan Addison there now, who looks pretty good. You yep. have Justin Jefferson. Um, I mean, you have Kirk Cousins, which, you know, listen, he's not a bad quarterback as long as the games are played at 1 o'clock. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, listen, if they got the draft capital and maybe, you know, give away like a, a practice squad player or something just for shits and giggles, they could get it done. And look... As as good as Madison has been when he when he's been the man, he's not that workhorse no. like Dalvin Cook, right? I mean, and and Dalvin Cook definitely has wear and tear and a lot of miles, right? Because after Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook has been the second uh, leading all-purpose. Here's my dog. What are you doing, pretzel? Look him out here to piss him. Uh, he uh. He actually has been the number two running back in the past five years after Derrick Henry with all, you know leading the league with all-purpose yards. I think at 107 or 109 all-purpose yards right after Henry with like 115 or some shit like that. So um, they do have, because I think Madison is not going to be, he's not going to be able to carry that bulk. He's a nice running back, right? I, I think he's definitely a starter. He's definitely a running back one. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They do have, like you said, the draft capital, man. He absolutely freaking lootly fits the bill. And listen, that'll be a huge Picture that guy with in that offense. Because like you said, Kirk Cousin knows that offense well. He had probably his best year last year offensively. And he the team offensively is better, regardless of not having Dalvin Cook. Because Addison, Addison is nice. Addison is better than Thielen. All right. Addison is better than KJ Osborne. Addison's gonna feast once he's get his once he once he's able to uh you know, catch up with the speed of the game and the difference from college to the NFL because you take these guys a little bit. It took Justin Jefferson about two games or something like that before he fucking broke out in his rookie season, right? Um, so, but you have that guy there because yeah, one thing about um, Thomas, right? He, dude, he's a, he's a beast. He, yeah. he, he's a workhorse. 
Ah, uh, yeah, man. That that'll be that'll be a fucking that'll be that'll be insane if they they land that guy. It, it, it might be a dark horse, but it's probably one of the best teams that he could land in right now because they're again they're ready to win. They're mortgaging everything. They you know Kirk Cousin knows he's the guy, and you know we'll see what happens this year. But absolutely, that's that's a good pick, really good pick. I actually got another dark horse for you. Ready? This is like fucking left field. Ready? The let me the Commanders, bro. All right, soon to be the Redskins again. It was never have ever changing the fucking name then if they're going back to the Redskins, but whatever. <laughs> I am hoping I could see Redskins, that right? and, and yeah, I, and show uh, castle culture down and shit. You know what I mean? But uh, think about it, right? Look, they got you know they got two decent running backs, but they they're no fucking Jonathan Taylor. And talking about draft capital, they have a lot of that. They have a that lot they of that. Do. I mean, they and got, you. And you have McLaurin, you have McLaurin, uh -huh. and you have Johanna Dodson. Yep. I'm not sold on Sam Howell yet because he kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. But maybe he could be a better version of what people thought Baker was going to be. Yeah. And Who knows? Have, there's no pressure on Sam Howell. He already won the starting job before the season started. You know what I mean? They just did all that shit just for a show. Um, yeah. But Gibson and Brian Robertson combined are not. Are not no. Jonathan Taylor, not, not even fifty percent of Jonathan Taylor, but that's a team that can also probably pull that. In. And then I, I don't want them to go to the Commanders because it'll fuck goes over as the Giants. You know the Giants. I don't. That, that's the last place I want. But that's probably my outside shot. He's my, uh, you know, left field kind of out of left field kind of take with that. I think well, well, you don't want him going to Philly either. No, exactly. No, Philly either. I don't, I don't want him nowhere near the NFC fucking East, bro. And, and he, yeah, stay, go to the AFC, man. You guys can handle him, bro. You, you go ahead and take a, take me away. Go somewhere there. I wonder who in the AFC would try to pull that off because, like, people on Twitter, obviously, you know, you're on Twitter, so you probably see it as much as I do with these hypotheticals. Like, somebody put out, would you trade Najee Harris or Jonathan Taylor? I wouldn't. The only, the, the only two teams that make sense, ready, it's the, uh, it's the Dolphins, like you said, who are the, the yeah. favorite, and the Colts. <laughs> Keeping them, that's it. Yeah. Which they should just do at this point. Yeah, I, he's not going anywhere in my in my book. He's not going anywhere. This is all it's, it's the same thing with Josh Jacobs, where you know apparently now he's going to sign the franchise tag in Vegas, which honestly I think is the best move for him. Build up your value and move on to the next year's off season. And if Vegas still doesn't pay him the money, then just be like, you know what, fuck this, trade me or go the Jonathan Taylor route, where it's, I'll, I'll go seek my own trade. Listen, everybody learn from knucklehead Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> yes, I, they did. Saquon Barkley try to pull the same shit, realize that it's not going to work out well. At least let me get an extra 900K. Well, that shit for 900K in incentives, great. You know what? As a fan, I'm glad he's back. Same thing is going to happen here. Well, I think, I think Barkley would have hurt his value because I remember I watched the clip of that podcast he was on, and he was like, well, I could show you my worth just sitting at home. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing now. When you're saying that, they're signing James Robinson, who is the same style of running back that you are. What if James Robinson produces more than you sitting at home playing as yourself in Madden 24, and the Giants just say, you know what? Fuck off. We want nothing to do with you now. So I don't, but listen, a lot of people were pissed that Barkley took that deal. 
at the end of the day, you have to realize Barkley did what was best for him, Absolutely. his family. And that's an extra 900K he wasn't getting before. So you got to look at it from the financial standpoint. And people have to realize these guys got families to take care of. And, and and they want what they're worth. Now, not everybody gets paid what they're worth. You know, and, but at the end of the day, could he have maybe gotten more out of the Giants? Maybe, but he's doing it with this deal. Yep. And if he replicates what he did last year, then the Giants would be dumb not to pay him. Yep. yep. They could still franchise tag him again. Because remember, by taking the franchise tag, now you get one more year to get franchise tag. But yeah. you're still paying like $15 million anyway, which is probably the deal that we're offering him. I think it was like 14 or something like that. Um, but look, running backs, and we're not going to beat a dead horse. Blame yourselves because the veterans were the ones who wanted this effing CBA, right? Because, again, they were not getting – the rookies were getting more money than the veterans. Yeah. We see why. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they got to go and back they, to the board. And they used to get more. I remember when the first-round draft pick got – I think it was – they got the highest. I remember when Bradford got drafted number one, and this guy got like a four-year – Eight, like 60 or 80 million dollars and shit like that. Yeah. And what did he do after that? He was a complete utter fucking failure in the league, but that guy knew how to fleece fleece teams out of fucking money, though. Talk about robbing teams, Sam Bradford. A fucking thief in the night, bro. He made like 130 million dollars in his NFL career, dude. All right. And, you know, shit. It was hurt all the time, you know, unreal. Yeah. And that's the reason why this happened. So I think, you know, they're going to go back to the drawing board eventually and kind of have something in between, right? A combination of both. So, yeah. Oh, pretty they good. Right. Nice, bro. Nice, nice, man. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much what I got when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, man. Uh, it's this thing has happened way too often. So, way too often here. So, uh, here. So, um, now, Jim, we want to close the show in style. And let me go ahead and pull up these slides here. I, I took them down by accident. Um, we want to show this. If we got to, Try to end this segment with a this show with a segment, right? That I like to call, which I'm really looking forward to seeing this because this is all you, baby. You're a douchebag. Bro, I'm just gonna ride your coattail. Please tell me. What do you got for me today for Jim's douchebag of the week? I actually got two of them. Oh, you got two? See, this is what I'm talking about, bro. Yo, Dave, you episode, you're not holding back, bro. You just, you, yo, you, we're, we're going, we're going for the knockout, man. We're going for the knockout. I'm coming out. Who's the first one? Guns please. Yep. Uh, the first one is that fucking douche nozzle from friggin' Barstool Sports, Dave Partnoy. I can't. I can't stand the guy. Yeah, that yeah. asshole right there. Look at him. First of all, put off a, put on a shirt when you're eating pizza. That's one, you disgusting douche. That's one. Two, I wouldn't trust this guy's pizza ranking if I was uh, if, if, if it was my last breath in life. But not only that, the main reason he's a douchebag, I don't know if you know the Savannah baseball, uh, Savannah banana fucking baseball shit that goes on. The guy pitches on stilts and all this nonsense. Yeah. So I know the team. A, I don't know what the deal is behind yeah, right. his, his, his take. It's all this weird shit, and apparently he was like a big fan of it, but then he starts bashing it. So then the Savannah baseball team decides to put out videos of him like supporting them. So that's what makes you a douchebag. Don't support him in one video, and then another one, you know, just to build up your brand, you then sit here and you troll them, and you say it's the worst thing you've seen. Listen, to me, 
is that real baseball? No, it's it, it's entertainment. Twenty five dollars, get to see some bad pitch on stilts. So what if the guy's hitting with a flaming bat? Who gives a fuck? I've seen I've seen more flaming bats when I watched ECW wrestling. Did with Dave Partnoy a bash that back then? Fuck Dave Partnoy, douche. Hey man, you know what? There's nothing else in fucking Savannah but them bananas, bro. So it's trust me, there ain't shit going on there. No. That's the show. That's the attraction. Yeah, he, yeah. you know. Big time douche, bro. He's confident. You know, he's definitely, look, and the doucheness has definitely gotten wealthy, famous, mm -hmm. not a fan of his fucking pizza review. I mean, get the hell out of here, bro. Look at that shit right there, man. He, he doesn't, you know, I don't know what his grading system is, but I think the highest is a pizza has ever gone has been like an 8.75 or a 9 or some shit like that. I don't even know. I don't follow his pizza reviews either, but he's all over the country doing this shit, right? Um, and, and, and the guys from Boston, they don't yeah, make no good pizza. Boston. I'm asking this guy to tell me what a good pizza is. This guy probably thinks fucking DiGiorno is the best pizza ever made. No, he, he thinks the best pizza is his fucking frozen pizza that he, I think he has in the market or some shit like that. You know what I mean? I think he has a, a bar stool has a pizza, a you know, frozen pizza, I think. There's some shit like oh, that. Well, well, I've never seen it because in New York, we don't play with that shit. Oh, no, absolutely. Listen, and let me tell you something. Talking about pizza, my man, from experience, I... I that's the first thing when I would go back home, bro, and I would tell everybody here in Florida, right? The first thing I used to do, right? I used to land in Kennedy Airport, and if somebody would pick me up, the first thing I said, hang a fucking left or a right somewhere and find me the first <laughs> pizzeria, right? The first pizza joint, right? I don't care. It doesn't have to be a good one. The, the worst pizza in fucking New York is better than the best pizza here in Florida. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, for him to just go around and shit, like, that's why I... I, I on that picture and put it in there just to get you riled up. Um, you know, the only thing this asshole has done right is the fact that he was able to buy back his company that he got $550 million for for a dollar. That's the only fucking thing he's done right. He's netted $100 million and has his company back again to do whatever the hell he wants, you know what I'm saying, with it. So that's the only thing this yeah. asshole Walks around with no shirt on, eating fucking pizza in the middle of fucking... Looks like he's... What is that? A fuck? Yeah, he's at a New York pizza... Get the fuck out of here. Put a shirt on. I'm surprised the fucking... Savages in the city didn't fucking attack him for not wearing a shirt. I know, but I know. I mean, I don't. I mean, listen, bro. He, he probably was in Manhattan somewhere doing this joint. Do that shit in Brooklyn, man. You know, you probably get your ass jumped, dude. You know what I'm saying? Go back yeah, to my. Bro. I got a pizza joint. Then I'm gonna go over there and I call a couple of my boys that still live there. You know, who you know, haven't done shit in their lives and they're still in the same fucking apartment. Uh, you know, get his ass kicked. Uh, he won't do that. He will. He will not do that in East New York or in the hood or in Jamaica Queens or whatever the hell he is. So, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm with you, man. The guys are fucking great. A douchebag. That's a good one, yep. bro. That's a good one to start it off. And then you say you have a second one, huh? You have a second, second douchebag, bro. You you caught me uh caught me by surprise. Who who do we who are yep. we fucking targeting douchebag status wise? So, so the second one's already had enough issues, but he decided to create another one. Don't ever, ever in your life think that you can beat Michael Jordan in his era of basketball. John Morant. Oh shut the Fuck up. This kid, don't get me wrong. He's a talented kid. Unfortunately, he's gotten into trouble, as you've seen right there. You know, the fucking gun issues that he has. He's out there. You know, he thinks he's a fucking gangbanger, you know, whatever. But he recently said that he would cook Michael Jordan in Michael Jordan's era. Not even LeBron could survive in Michael Jordan's era. You tell me, you tell me John Morant is going to, survive after getting clotheslined by Bill Lambeer of the 90s Bad Boy Pistons or having Rodman all over him 
fucking like rear naked choking him for a rebound? No. John Morant, shut the fuck up, please. Just shut the fuck up. Bro, it's crazy, right? The whole gang banger image, right? You know, just fucking own a gun, right? Uh, when the kid grew up in a, you know, lack of a better word, a pretty sustainable home, right? Polo yeah. shirts. Uh, they were not rich or anything, but polo shirts, nice family pictures, mom and dad at home, brother. I don't know if that assist. I think I have another brother. So don't do not do this persona, right? Don't come up with this persona and be a fake G, right? You know, I, I love the, the term. Uh, there's no such way. There's no such thing as a halfway crook. Right, and that's why John Morant is a wannabe. Um, I, I dig the talent. Right, um, next year is going to be a complete shit show for the kid because he's going to be at what fifty games? I think that's that's the final. I think, point. I think it went to. I think it was thirty. Oh, 30, Yeah, maybe maybe fifty should have been more more like it. But um, yeah, and yeah. let me tell you something. He did not play the same way after his little bullshit slap on the wrist. Right when he pulled the uh, IG story yeah. clip and he got in trouble again because he saw him. He struggled in the playoffs all right fucking old ass lebron made the fucking grizzlies their, their little bitch right him and anthony davis um and his other boy what's his name uh, dylan brooks who said he could shut down lebron and fucking lebron made his little, you know his little fuck he spanked him bro he actually he fed him he fed him the fucking bottle picked him up and burnt the fucking kid right like his like his little son right in the playoffs so that's exactly what they they did to this whole team and i think this year it's gonna be a lot of that this kid is wasted a year and a half of his career um, and money because Nike also picked him up. And I think a lot of the shit's going to be on, it's on the back end right now into the, the, the air clears. Right. And it's funny because adding to this, after you mentioned this whole Michael Jordan shit, you know, his dad who has been there in every game is supposed to be the guy watching his back. His dad is caught in the glory, right? His dad is, Hey man, I, I like hang out with celebrities and shit like that at, you know, courtside. So he finally goes into a show and decided to say that, you know, his actions are his own and, and, and the fact that it wasn't the people he's hanging around with, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he got in trouble because of his own decisions. No shit, Sherlock, right? Where the fuck were you after the same event, right? You know, where, you know, I don't care how old you are, but that is my kid, right? And I don't, and maybe I'm too fucking old school. I don't care how much money he has, but I'm going to fucking kill it like it is and slap him around a little bit. You know what I mean? But now he's saying all the right things after the fact. And these podcasts, right? He should have, you know, he should have thought better. He's gonna be a better man after this. All the shit that his PR team is making him say. Yeah. The reality is so much shit. Everything that he said, he apologized the first time is full of it. Again, we you and I have really covered this in our own podcast when most of his times came out. And and I and I'm fucking kind of tired of talking about this kid as well. You know what I mean? In a way, right? So uh hey man, John Moran, you know, really good pick for a douchebag of the week, bro. You know. Hey, you gave two fucking two really solid douchebags here, brother. You did. And not, not only that, John Morant is the NBA Papa Doc from uh, 8 yeah, Mile. Absolutely. Bro. <laughs> he halfway brook and lives at home with both parents, right? Clarence. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> out there, bro. He went to a private. He did go to a private school. I forgot about that shit, dude. Yeah, he went to private school, bro. But, but maybe he was in Cranbrook, but it was, it, was a great, it was a great A private school, bro. You know what I mean? So, shit, man. But this kid never, never, never ran the streets, bro. All right? I'll guarantee you this kid never ran the streets, all right? He had – I'm not saying he, he was – he lived a life of luxury. He wasn't the king like LeBron James was. You know, everybody knew that LeBron had an entourage since day one. And like I always mention, the big difference is that LeBron actually did surround – one thing he did do right is surround himself with good with, – with a crew that helped him uh, get to where he is today still until this day. You know what I mean? A lot of those guys are his business partners and shit like that. John Moran does have a bunch of dumbasses, you know, getting drunk, smoking weed. 
and you know, flashing goes up in the air like you just don't care. So, yeah. Well, that's what you need around you. You need you need those positive people around you. And it's funny because I always say this: if you come from like you, you know a lot of guys in the league, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, you know, yeah. NFL. You know, a lot of these guys, they come from poverty. So they're around all that nonsense. Some of them are able to escape it once they make it. And some, it's just like they can't get away from it. Like Aaron Hernandez yep. is like a prime example of it. This guy was primed to get a big deal in New England, but decided he still had to be that that gangbanger guy from the, from the Florida Gator days. And look what happened. Winds up going to jail, winds up getting married in jail, and then, unfortunately, you know, he kills himself, but yeah, he's a prime example of a guy who who made it out, but could never fully escape it. Yeah, it it's sad. That's not, that's not, you know, this one, and, and that's the thing. Hernandez came from a dysfunctional family, right? Family members. If you look at the documentary, right, the dad, you know, was really tough, wasn't around. Uh, the people who surrounded himself, you know, even the guy, the, the, the crib where he was hiding at, right, was his aunt, right, who was like, who ran with a lot of drug dealers and shit like that. So he kept it on. He he has the background to do that, not John Moran. Man, crazy, bro. He got like 40 mil, right? Uh, Fernandez got like 40 million, right? After his second year or something like that, he got more money than Gronk because he was supposed to be the man. Remember, Gronk, yeah. they were out there on the same time. He was he was a lottery pick. And then, you know, and look, Gronk, Gronk had the better career because, you know, again, better, better instructor. So, yep, forget John Moran. Uh, he could go fuck himself. He's, he, couldn't, he, he, he couldn't beat Michael Jordan with the wizard. I don't want to. He couldn't right. beat Michael Jordan now. <laughs> That's true. That is true, man. I mean, it's, it's a really, okay, you know what? Perfect. It's a really douchebag take for him to say. So <laughs> It really, it just, it's, I saw that and I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I said, you know, I'm like, that, that honestly tops the whole goat debate to me yeah as of right now until somebody else says something outlandish you know like freaking who's next to come out of the woodwork dylan brooks thinks that he could beat fucking patrick ewing in one-on-one patrick ewing would fucking eat your ass alive and patrick ewing's now overweight and he could probably still beat you <laughs> damn bro that's 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 true Oh, man. Wow, bro. Great, great fucking uh, great takes on these two douchebags. Good job, Jim. Knocking that shit out the park, bro. I was not disappointed. I was not disappointed on your uh, on your douchebag. And the reason why this segment inspired me, it's mainly because of your classic Deshaun Watson uh, douchebag take status, bro. That, listen, that's your claim to fame in my book. That's how I got to know you. You know what I mean? So this is perfect. Right up your alley. and You fucking killed it. Yeah, well, you know, I know douchebags. What can yeah. I say? <laughs> yeah, we, we, I, hey, well, we, guys from New York, you have a good douchebag radar, right? You know, because we, we we probably grew up around a lot of them, right? It's it's yeah. we're known for being a little douchebag every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, good eye, good eye for town, man. Good eye for the fucking douchebag. Town, I, can, I can walk, I can walk through Stop and Shop and pick out like ten douchebags in a matter of two seconds. Absolutely. Oh, yep, that guy's a douche. She's a douche. He's a douche. Oh, she's a douche. I'll throw a woman in there. You know, we'll, we'll you know we'll keep it equal. There we go. There we go. So your your stogie is definitely a lot bigger than mine, bro. You know, uh, no homo. All right, we're not. We're not covering that route because uh, I'm already like I told you. I, I started this one, so if, let me just show you where I'm at. And I usually finish around this area. Look, it's like you know, it's not a roach, but it's a ro it's cigar roach. You know what I mean? So uh, definitely kill that. Um, how's yours? How's yours hanging out, man? You still you still got about an, you still got a good 
Good. You go yeah. halfway through right now, right? More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Right. About. Yeah. This was going out. Oh man. Hey man. Listen, dude. This is great. Great opening. Great opening. Great debut, man. I think we. Uh, I think we hit some. Uh, we hit some. We hit some stuff here, man. I we definitely did. Good little, good little startup uh, first episode, man. And we're definitely gonna be doing a lot more of this. All right. We want to try to. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a little more to set up, but I think during the regular season, man, we gotta come back. We gotta come back. Yeah. We gotta get some more uh, NFL, whatever pops, man. Uh, like you said, man, both honors and blunt takes. Uh, yeah. Before we uh, we close it out, man, uh, do me a favor. Where can uh, our audience find you uh, in social media? How can they get to you? Go ahead, man. Shout out yourself uh, over there, and uh, where can we find you? Mainly, I'm on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, and the the dumpster fire app these days. Uh, Fan in the Van podcast is the, the the handle that I use on there. Um, I am on Instagram. I don't really. I, I promote more of like the cigars that I smoke on there. Um, but on that one, it's uh, J Plot. I think 1982 or 1382. One of the two is somewhere my birthday. And yeah. I always I always forget. But those are the two best places. Facebook. Mm, not yeah. so much. I really got sick and tired of seeing what people are fucking eating when they go out. I really don't yeah. care. And and those people might make douchebag of the week. Yeah. Who knows? No, for sure, for sure, man. In my case, guys, Twitter is my main where I advertise this podcast. Like I said, I don't I don't use I have Instagram. My Instagram excuse me and my Facebook, it's all about just me and my wife and my kid pictures and shit, you know? It's actually private. I don't even freaking like have it locally. But uh, yeah, Joe's talk at uh, Twitter. Uh, that's where you're gonna find me. And like you, man, I am in every platform available, audio-wise. And uh, and now, hey, shout them out, bro. You're on you're on Rumble now too, right? Yeah, oh, follow Rumble. me. Yeah, definitely follow follow Jim on Rumble, man. We love Rumble because they're not gonna cancel our asses for uh, speaking our minds. Like maybe YouTube might fucking, you know. Oh, I know YouTube does because there's a cigar podcast called the Burn Down Podcast. Mm-hmm. And something, I guess they said something on an episode and they got something from YouTube and they couldn't record for like a week on there or some shit. Fucking sensitive ass YouTube. I get it, man. I get it. I don't know, man. Cigars is not a fucking drug, dude. It's actually very successful men and uh, influential people smoke cigars nowadays. I'm not one of them, but, you know, hey, you're right. I like to think I am when I have a cigar in my mouth, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of this what it is, man. Hey, if we don't have anything else, my man, I appreciate you coming on. This is kind of this is a co-op. This is both our our this is our thing. You also have yeah. a show. Uh, uh, two dudes. Uh, yeah, Gary, go ahead and I shout also, that. Out. Good shit, you guys. I, do show, but, um, I do a show with Garrett from. Uh, he actually has two shows himself. Uh, he has a solo one. Is this a bad take? As well as two dudes with sports news. We do uh, steel and teal, and down the rabbit hole because it'll start off with steel and teal talk, and then it kind of, you know, we'll talk about the Karate Kid or whatever the fuck else pops up so and we usually record every saturday and then release the episode monday but we are going to be doing another live one soon okay uh to the start of the nfl season because we did one before like the preseason started like after the draft and everything you know gauging where everybody's teams are in their respective divisions are going to be and all that stuff which garrett's co uh garrett's uh co-host jalen will also appear on there i'm sure so that's coming up it's I, I don't think they smoke cigars, but we'll probably have them on. Uh, yeah. On one here to uh, you know, shoot some shit. We'll smoke. We'll do the cigar smoking for both of them, bro. Oh yeah, I think we uh, we could do that. I'm, I'll smoke two at the same time. Yeah, man, me too. <laughs> you know, we're we're probably gonna do one of these uh, on a round table style, man, and fucking really go ham on a lot of this shit, man. Oh, oh man, yeah. hey, 
great first episode, my brother. I think this is uh, something nice, uh, a good start of something that uh, we're going to fucking definitely piss some people off. So. <laughs> hey, uh, I wouldn't be happy if I didn't piss them off. Yeah, man. Hey, we're, just keep keep both of our social medias, mainly Twitter, because we're both going to be uh, you know throwing and, and letting you know when the next episode is going to pop up. Uh, we're going to see, uh, and then, you know, we're definitely going to be doing a lot more of these uh, on a, uh, this is episode one. We're going to start, I'm going to start categorizing episode two. Uh, it's going to be dropping. So, hey, your boy, E-Man from the Average Oil Sports Talk Podcast. Jim? From the Fan Van Podcast. We're both signing out. Until next time. Smoke them if you got them, baby. NFL's coming yeah. up. Peace out. Peace.